And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. To Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Well, I'm super grateful for the young moms who shared Mary's story, her song. Those are some tough days that Mary was facing. The mother of Jesus was looking forward to having a baby. And we can find joy during difficult and disruptive times. And crucially, it's important for us, we have the responsibility to spread the joy. If you don't know me, I'm Andrew Carpenter. I'm one of the pastors here at Koinos. Before we get too much into this, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to worship in this way, to be a part of uh, the greater kingdom. And I pray that you'll use the, th- the words that I have and the words that you've given me to cheer our people to cheer those who listen. I pray that you would use me in this time. I thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be a part of what you're doing in this world. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, thank God for Mary's cousin Elizabeth. Just before Mary speaks, this is not a part of our passage, but right before the passage, Elizabeth tells Mary The baby in her womb, she's pregnant with John the Baptist, the baby in her womb leapt, leaped for joy when Mary entered. I can't help but think that would have been inspiring and encouraging for Mary before she before she gave her announcement, her magnificat, the my soul magnifies speech, her song. She's She starts her poem with gratitude. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Gratitude can point us to joy. It gets us in that right direction. Because joy is acknowledging how good we have it, even when times are bleak. Mary could have felt the rejection of her village, her family, even society in general, because in first century Palestine, to be pregnant and unmarried would have not put her in a very good position. But for Mary, because she hung on to God's promises, she was able to share her joy with Elizabeth. And fortunately for us, someone recorded her poem, her song, so it could be shared with us. And it has been passed down for generations after generations. Did you notice in the song 
that it's in past tense? As, as we've seen, some of these things have already happened. I'm confused about that because has God really brought down all the powerful and filled the hungry with good things and scattered the proud? You don't see it very often, but it does happen. God does have strength, and occasionally powerful men have been brought low. Hungry people ate, but that's not always what we see. But Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, that is what makes the fulfillment of these words possible. You know, early on in the Jewish story, God promised his servant Abraham. He said, all the nations will be blessed through you. There's a remarkable blessing that comes to those who are suffering. And we, like Mary, we can cling to hope knowing that one day all things will be made right. But right now, in this moment, we can catch a glimpse of those reversals, those shifting of the power dynamics. Every influential person, whether they're good or bad or loved or hated, each person on this planet passes away. Individuals and organizations at many times the places have actually fed the hungry. And those prideful enough to think that they're above the law, sometimes they get indicted and go to jail. So there are reversals that happen all around us. Jesus came to help us participate, show us how to participate in some of those reversals. Not that we're going to throw anybody in jail, but we can do some things that will help bring about the kind of vision that God had for this planet. God knows people are suffering. The powerful manipulate, they coerce, and they abuse. But consider this. You and the, me, pointing to you, we all are fairly privileged people. Whoever's watching this probably comes from a fairly decent place of comfort. And so I say that because we're relatively powerful in the world's terms. We may be proud. I know that we are all very self-sufficient. We, I know from experience that we don't always ask for help when we need it. And that tends to be a pride thing. We all have plenty to eat. I'm guessing most of the folks that are watching this are, have full bellies or had breakfast this morning. Does this mean that there's a reversal coming for you and me? Well, I think we can avoid those reversals by shifting how we think about our little worlds. We may need to ab- admit our blindness to the elevated status that we have in society. We can help others gain access to the things that we take for granted like food and water, but there's other things that are a little less tangible that we can help people have access to as well. Uh, We can listen to voices that are different than our own, and we can work for the common good. Now, in anticipation of Jesus, Mary senses this potential for a power shift. Her words are those of a revolutionary. If we read the Hebrew Scripture, if you've read the Hebrew Scripture or read the prophets at all, you'll find similar language about what God is doing in the world. The reversals that Jesus brings don't require government intervention 
or a religious institution or some big corporation that's trying to fix the harm that they've already done. Jesus' revolution enlists patience and discipline, love and hope, and of course it enlists joy. And we can join the process as joyful, humble, and hopeful people who know Christ and understand mercy. Revolutionaries who desire to bless others, lift them up, fill the hungry with good things, and show grace to those who need it. We can look at those reversals and say, yeah, but there's way too much suffering going on in the world. I'm suffering. Things are never going to change. People are the worst. But it's easy to be cynical and skeptical. And I'm not the first to say it, but cynicism is lazy. We have a tendency to go towards the negative. But instead, we can choose joy. Living in joy, now that's hard. It takes work. It takes a fresh perspective. Now, James, the brother of Jesus, he wrote a letter. It's in the scripture. And he tells his readers, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. See, James gained a fresh perspective. He knew that God was at work, and even when things were tough, that was just going to make his faith stronger. He was able to have joy in the midst of that, and he was encouraging the people he was leading to do the same. But how do, we, how do we summon joy when it feels so elusive? We can start by asking Jesus for it. That's what prayer is about. It's asking. We can ask for joy. We can ask for patience. The more we have in our minds that asking Christ to help us with these things, the more likely we are to live into these things. We can ponder his words and his actions. We can intentionally select joy over cynicism. We can be the kind of people Jesus created us to be. Now, joyful people aren't naive and they're not foolish. They might hear the critics, but they don't dwell on the criticism. They trust in God's acceptance of them. Mary, her soon-to-be husband Joseph, her cousin Elizabeth, who was pregnant in her in her later years, didn't listen to the skeptics. They believed in God's promises. They experienced joy because they had a vision for what could be. Now, gaining perspective, that takes us slowing down. That'll help us uncover the joy in our lives. If you pay attention, if you make observations, if you record and you reflect you might find yourself in a joyous moment. You might remember or recall a joyous moment, and that can bring about joy as well. Now, Mary, she left her home to go visit Elizabeth. She got out of her immediate surroundings, and sometimes that's what it takes for us to find some perspective, to gain a little bit of airspace, breath. And in our current conditions, we can't really just go off and visit a whole lot of people. But we can make time and space in our lives to gain some perspective. 
You know, Mary probably never traveled more than 150 miles from her home prior to Jesus' birth. She wasn't a world-wise person. I mean, we have all kinds of information coming at us all the time. We know what's happening around the planet, and we can look it up at any moment. She didn't have that, but she had this huge perspective because of what she knew of God and what she knew was happening within her. Before... um, And if she can have a perspective like that, if she can have that larger view of humanity and those reversals, we can too. We can get a little glimpse of God's kingdom perspective. If you take the time and create the space for it, if you slow down your pace, if you look around, even write down your thoughts, then you'll be well on the way in finding the God kind of joy that he intended for you. Now that takes some intentionality. It takes some thinking through what kind of time do I want to spend thinking about what God is doing in the world or reflecting on things that might bring joy to myself and to others. Now, I tried conjuring up the perfect description for our role in spreading joy. Are we purveyors Curators, conveyors, champions of joy, promoters of joy, proponents, cheerleaders, multipliers of joy. I couldn't come up with anything really solid. And I think it's because joy is not a marketing plan or a sales pitch. However, as Jesus' followers, we should be uncovering joy and sharing it. There's this one other episode, there's several episodes in the Nativity story, but this is one where the Magi, the three kings, the wise men, you might have heard of these folks, they are on a journey to discover the king. They follow a star, and shortly after Jesus is born, they find him. They find who they think is this king, this little little child. These wise ones come bearing gifts to give to the little king. Maybe in the spirit of those gift givers, we can deliver the gift of joy. You can do this. I believe in you. God has faith in you. You can acknowledge your current reality, but live as if good things are possible every day. Not because you're an optimist, but because you're learning to live in the way of Jesus. You can find small ways to participate in those reversals. I mentioned a couple earlier. There was vast opportunities for you to help others find their voice. If you're going to bring on the joy, you'll need to slow down and gain the perspective that it's required. And you can record those moments when joy arises and tell someone about it because all of us need some good cheer. My encouragement to you during this season and all the rest is this. Let joy be the gift that you bear.